So this morning, <coughs> I want to talk about mercy and grace. And uh, as an act of mercy, I have brought a short message today because I realize in about 10 minutes, the smell of all the food will fully saturate the sanctuary and I will lose everyone anyway. So we'll keep it brief. <coughs> but mercy and grace is something that we see in scripture um, quite a lot. Um, we see it as a greeting uh, in uh, in letters sometimes, like in Second John. Second uh, John 1.3 says, Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father in truth and love. Uh, we use these words a lot when we're talking about God. We say God is full of mercy and grace. His grace is sufficient. Um, Peter refers to him as the God of all grace in First Peter 5.10. It says, After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Now, mercy and grace, these words have similar meanings, but, but they are different. And so sometimes you wonder, you know, well, what does it really mean? And it depends on who you ask. So I know I'm kind of a weird guy. If you haven't gotten to know me, you'll figure that out. And I'm not sure why, but when I hear the words mercy and grace, sometimes it makes me think of like the Renaissance era, like knights and kings or jousting or gladiators fighting in an arena. You know, like, yes, your grace. I want your grace. Would you like a spot of tea, your grace? I know, I know, I told you, I'm weird. <laughs> Welcome to the inner dialogue. <coughs> but for mercy, sometimes I think about um, like gladiators or knights uh, jousting. And you know that scene like where the battle is over and, you know, they look up to the king to get the sign. And the king's got this going on. And there's this tension waiting to see if, if it's going to be the thumbs up or the thumbs down. Would the king give the thumbs up for mercy? Or would he give the thumbs down for death? Sometimes this is how we think about mercy. And, and it is that, but it's, it's, it's much more than that. You know, thinking of it in this way, it's just very tense. That's a lot of, of power to wield. But that is how mercy is defined sometimes, and that's often how we think of it. If you look up the definition of mercy in the dictionary, this is what you find. It says, compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. Now, that definition isn't wrong per se, but I'm not sure how compassionate it really is in this scene. You know, the, this battle happens, this guy gets beat down, and mercy is just not dying. That seems a little rough. That type of mercy seems more about power and less about compassion. I really prefer the definition that we find in the Bible. The word for mercy in the Greek is eleos. And it is defined as this, kindness or goodwill towards the miserable and afflicted joined with the desire to help them. Of men towards men to exercise virtue of mercy, show oneself merciful. Of God towards men, in general providence, the mercy and clemency of God in providing and offering to men salvation by Christ. And the last part of the definition says, the mercy of Christ, whereby at his return to judgment, 
He will bless true Christians with eternal life. Friends, God's mercy is about kindness and goodwill. It's about helping us. For those that believe, it says that his return to judgment will bless us with eternal life. God's mercy isn't about power. Now, don't get me wrong. Yes, he has all power and authority, and he can do whatever he wants to do. But it's clear that God's mercy is about compassion and about a desire to help us. Friends, we are fortunate to serve a king who always gives us the thumbs up, who is always merciful and always full of grace. In his mercy and grace, he sent Jesus to make a way for us, to pay the price for sin. He paid the price of death. Friends, he endured the thumbs down so that we can receive the thumbs up. I really love that. It's not, it's not about power. It's all about compassion. Our King Jesus always chooses mercy for us. Now what about grace? Ephesians 2, 4, and 5 says this, But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. By grace we've been saved. We've seen the nuance of mercy uh, between the dictionary and scripture, but, but what about grace? If you look up grace in the dictionary, you find this. Simple elegance or refinement of movement. I think that may be where I get the idea of, you know, the spotted tooth, it's, you know, pinky out, it just seems elegant, I don't know. Courteous goodwill. Um, a period allowed for payment of a sum due for compliance with a law or condition, a grace period. And then finally, it says in Christian belief, the unmerited favor of God. There it is, finally. But the fact that they specify in Christian belief before the definition makes it clear that we're talking about different things here. The words are the same, but the meaning is different. The word in the Bible for grace is karese, if I pronounced that correctly. And it means that which affords joy, pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, loveliness, goodwill, loving kindness, favor, what is due to grace. So the dictionary's definition of Christian definition was, was pretty accurate. It is the unmerited, undeserved favor of God. It's Jesus' goodwill and loving kindness towards us. It is by his grace that we receive mercy. It is his loving kindness and favor towards us that motivates him to compassion and mercy, to his desire to help us. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not that of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Guys, grace is a gift to us from God. By grace we have been saved through faith. Why? Because we can't save ourselves. We are saved by faith <coughs> because our works are not sufficient. Our works can't save. Only Jesus can save. Only faith and trust in him. 
So by God's grace, by his unmerited favor for us, by his loving kindness, he made faith the way to salvation. Belief and trust in him, not works. Friends, God's mercy and grace are not about power or our worthiness or anything else. They're simply a reflection of his love for his children. Jesus sees us. He sees our pain. He sees our suffering. He sees our struggles. He sees our mistakes. And his response is compassion and mercy and grace and love. So what do we do with his mercy and grace? I have a few R's here. The first one is receive it. Simply receive it. We aren't always good at that either. I know I'm my own worst critic when I mess up. I feel like I should pay the consequence for my mistake. I stink at asking for help. You can ask my wife. I've been known to uh, move heavy things on my own because I didn't want to bother somebody. And then the next day when my back hurts, I tell myself, well, you're in that dummy, you know. I just beat myself up. Why are we like this? I don't know. Maybe we're just stubborn. I know I am. (laughs) Maybe it's the enemy. The enemy certainly doesn't want us embracing Jesus' mercy and grace, receiving help from him. He'd rather we go it alone and beat ourselves up. Often I think it just comes down to we don't think we deserve it. We don't deserve his mercy and grace. But friends, isn't that really the point? We don't. We don't deserve it. It's Jesus' unmerited favor and love and kindness. It's his compassion towards our affliction, towards our inability to do life without him. So just receive it. We need to learn to have grace for ourselves. Jesus has grace for us. He wants to help, and he understands. In Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, it says this, and I, and I love the way it's written in the Passion Translation. It says, So then, we must cling in faith to all we know to be true, for we have a magnificent King Priest, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who rose into the heavenly realm for us and now sympathizes with us in our frailty. He understands humanity, for as a man... Our magnificent king priest was tempted in every way, just as we are, and conquered sin. So now we draw near freely and boldly to where grace is enthroned, to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. Isn't that beautiful? He understands. It was brought forth earlier. We can come boldly before him. He wants to help. He understands. He's walked in our shoes. Draw freely. Draw near freely and boldly, friends. Receive his mercy and his grace and allow it to strengthen you. Don't let the enemy or your own stubbornness keep you from it. Allow yourself to receive it and exercise it for yourself as well. The next R I have is rest in it. So now that we've received his mercy and grace, what if it runs out? What if I mess up too many times? You already said I don't deserve it, right? I didn't earn it. Friends, we don't have to fear this. We can rest in his mercy and grace. Jesus' mercy and grace for us doesn't run out. 
His mercy and grace come from his great love for us, and his love for us endures forever. Psalm 136.1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. There's no, there's no trick meaning here. Forever means forever, always, endlessly. So like his love that endures forever, so does his mercy and grace. It doesn't run out or run dry. Now, does that mean we should take it for granted? Of course not. Paul addresses this in, in Romans 6. Romans 6, 1 through 4 says this. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died in to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So we shouldn't, we shouldn't take his grace for granted. It's not, a, it's not a free pass to sin. We should be walking in newness of life with him. But we can rest assured knowing that as we keep our eyes on him, as we walk out our faith, that when we stumble, when we fall, when we fall short, his mercy and grace is there. And we will stumble and we will fall. But when we keep getting back up, we can rest in knowing that. It's there for us. It doesn't run out. His favor and his desire to help us remains and it's renewed daily. In Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, it says this. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Friends, his mercies are new every morning. Receive it and rest in it. This scripture is a wonderful reminder to us. They renew every morning. On our best day, and on our worst day, Jesus' love and grace and mercies are there. Each day is a new day. And each day, Jesus supplies us with mercies and grace. So we can receive it and we can rest in it. Uh, the last R I have is reproduce it. We've all received such an amazing gift from the Lord. We should share it with others. Guys, this can be an extremely stressful time of year with the shopping and the traffic and the hustle and the bustle and all the things. So let's remember to live our lives with mercy and grace. Let's reproduce and share what's been given to us. Um, Jesus expects us to do that. In 1 Peter 4, 8 through 10, it says this. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. The Lord calls us to be good stewards of the gifts we've received. And guys, we've all received God's mercy and grace. We receive it daily. So we should love one another and have grace for one another. So does that mean that the next time you're out shopping for gifts and someone steals your parking spot, you have to be kind? Yep. No calling them choice names. Have grace. But Andrew, you say, you don't understand. I had my blinker on. I was waiting patiently. 
for the person to leave, and the dude took my spot anyway. Yep, show mercy. Can I give him the finger? Nope, only the thumb. <laughs> Sorry. Only the thumb. <clears throat> so wait a minute, you're saying if my friend comes over to my house for a holiday party, and he has on really muddy boots, and instead of taking them off at the door, which would have been the nice thing to do, he decides to lay on my couch and grinds the mud into my couch and then later denies that he even did it? I have to show mercy? Yep, then too. Show grace, have mercy, don't whip him. Maybe find some better friends, though, because that's just rude. <laughs> but all joking aside, we should be reproducing this in our lives. We've all been given much. We've all been given much, and we've all been forgiven much. We've all been recipients of his mercy and his, and his grace. And I know I need it daily. We all need it daily. So we should all be good stewards of those gifts. God's love and mercy and grace for us is huge. And it's undeserved and it's wonderful. And we all need it. Let's reproduce it and share it with others. God's mercy and grace are amazing gifts. Let's not take them for granted. Receive them, rest in them, and reproduce them. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you that your mercies are new every morning. That no matter how many times we stumble and fall, we can reach out to you and you are there with open arms, ready to receive us to pick us back up, to show compassion. We just thank you for that, Lord. We can't do this without you. We can't save ourselves. We need you, Lord. So, Father, just be with us. Be with us this day and every day forward as, as we know that you are. Pouring out your mercy and your grace. In Jesus' name. Amen.